Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. All right, welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I'm so excited today because today we are filming the season two finale. All right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't know how to fade out that sound effect. Sorry, but anyway. I know I really I'm I'm very excited and I have a very special show for your for you guys today. Um I wouldn't even know. Well, not even 100% sure exactly where to begin. How much I love this per- person, this wonderful guest that I have. And we've been planning on doing this for a while. Um, and people have been asking. So we're finally going to give the audience what they want. People want to hear it. Um, but I am so thrilled to welcome a very, very dear friend, my best friend. Um, she is a successful mother, wife, career girl. <laughs> she is um, she's, uh, the director of on-premise sales for Republic National Distributing Company in, for the entire state of Texas. So she is a boss-ass bitch. Um, and she's also the... Um, I, I'm going to just consider her still the reigning queen of <laughs> copper. Um, when it comes to Absolute Elix, she introduced Absolute Elix to the entire Las Vegas market, and we are so grateful for it because you know anyone who listens to this show knows how much I use Absolute Elix. Anyway, please welcome Kristen Vesely. Hey, hey girl. girl. Woo! Yeah, there we go. We got to clap. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am. I'll just keep. I'll, they love you. Keep the applause coming. <laughs> keep the applause keep coming. Yeah, I love, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to use that. Like the, 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 the controls on this side don't show me like a fade out, fade in button. So it's kind of harsh when I cut it off. I mean, hey, girl. That, right. You know, <laughs> hey, girl. Again. Girl, welcome to the show. Well, Finally. Thank you. Finally. Thank you. Thank you. I am so. It's it's an honor and a privilege. Um, I, I can't even express how proud I am of you and everything that you have done with this show. And. It just, every time I listen to one of your episodes, I just feel like I'm automatically transported back into your world and it makes me smile oh. <laughs> every single time. And in the, the in girl world, in girl, girl world. world. And, and I just, <laughs> I feel like it really helps me be connected to somebody so positive, even though I do get to be connected to you regardless, but yeah. But what's yeah, yeah. awesome about it is that your positivity gets to resonate through the show oh, to so you. many other people that don't even really know you in person and that could really use that positivity. So um, I'm just grateful to you for sharing that positivity to so many listeners um, because if you're ever having a bad day, all you got to do is turn <laughs> on Hey girl, and just <laughs> listen to that infectious laugh and <laughs> your day will be brighter immediately. I don't care what kind of crap day you're having. Aww, so that's very, very kind of you to say. I I thank you. Thank you. It, I really appreciate that. But it's um, true. 
Well, so. you know, and it's it is funny because I feel like, and I'm I'm very grateful that I get that feedback. Um, and you know, I, other people have mentioned not as eloquently as you just did. You were you were very generous with your compliments there, so thank you. <laughs> but, but no, but some people have mentioned just the fact that like, oh, it's great because when I listen, I feel like I'm talking to you. Like, it's not like I'm just listening. And so even though we can't talk every day in real life, that some people have mentioned that. So I'm glad that I can provide that for that. So now you need to start a podcast so I can listen to you. No. <laughs> right. and, the, and your mountain of available time, right? No. <laughs> you ain't busy. What you, what you talking about? No. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Listen, I love it. So listen, people have been asking. We've been talking about you. I asked, I actually booked, let, let me tell you guys. I actually booked Kristen because she's very busy. Um, and, and very in demand. I booked her uh, at the beginning of season two to be the finale guest. Did I not? <laughs> that That is a true story. We it's so, added, and almost a year ago. I was like, no, th- we are doing finale. You, you. <laughs> and I, I was, I was so excited and I, I don't even know where the time went. I can't believe that it's almost been a year since you asked oh. me to do this. And I feel like it was just yesterday. So, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but here we are, girl. And here we are, girl. It. People want to know. People want to know what you and I talk about. What you and I talk about behind the scenes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Well, anyway. Well, hopefully it's in, it's in, you know, hopefully they like it. Uh, I hope so. I mean, when we were laughing, I'm like, well, yeah, our conversations have changed a lot over the last couple of years because of life changes. So we don't necessarily talk about the same things we used to. (laughs) True. So let's get started. Okay. So listen, wait, you tell everybody, okay, you had a very unique upbringing. You're a military baby. Yeah. Yes. So tell uh, us about that. Born and uh, bred military brat. My mom was in the military. My dad was in the military. My stepdad was in the military. And so I traveled uh, my whole life, uh, you know, young adult life uh, in the military, you know, hopping from city to state to country. Um, And, uh, you know, there was really never a place that I truly was able to call per se home. home. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, home is, was really where the heart was. Right. So, you know, where my feet were and where my bed where my head laid down on my pillow, that was home at the time. And right. that was, that was, that was, it was interesting. Um, but I don't, reg- I look back on it now and I, I think it was the only way my life could have been. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, I can't imagine sitting in one city my entire life, the, you know, my entire young adult life, young childhood in the same city. I, I don't even know what that's like. I wouldn't even know what to compare it to. Um, so I guess in that sense, ignorance is bliss a little bit. Um, what was the main place? Like, so what do you remember? What was, was there one specific city or country that you were in the longest during your adolescence? Uh, so I think the most memorable, and I think it's just because of my, the age that I lived there. Um, honestly, it had to be Japan. Yeah, I was so, thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. we moved to Japan when I was seven. Um, and we stayed till about I was 13. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are your very defining years. Adolescent years. Right? Yeah. You know, those are the years that you, you, you start to create your personality, the years that you really start to kind of hone in on who you are, what you want to be. You start having opinions. Um, <laughs> right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. maybe You've got some opinions some, now, honey. Some, right. some stronger than others. Right. So, um, uh, but yeah. So when we lived there, I, I got to experience a lot of you know, interesting different parts of the Japanese culture. And, uh, my mom is half Japanese. So for me, it was 
a moment for us to get in tune with that side of our, our culture and uh, really get to actually live it for a little while. Um, and it was, it was phenomenal. It was a, where a in Japan specifically, what cities? So we lived in a town called Misawa, which uh, Misawa is. Uh, so Japan has one big Island, like the main Island. Uh, that's where Tokyo is. Tokyo is at the very bottom of that Island. Um, and Misawa is at the very Northern tip. So um, I guess it would be kind of equivalent to geographically Maine would okay. be very similar um, uh-huh. to where we lived in Misawa. So we had full four seasons and mm-hmm. it was just exquisitely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a small little, you know, town in Japan. It wasn't like a huge town, but the Air Force base there was pretty large. And, um, you know, there was people of walks of all life that lived there. Um, so it was really culturally um, amazing to experience all of that. Do you speak Japanese? Scoshi? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a little. I'm, I'm, no, sad, okay. to, I'm sad to say It was a long time ago. I get it. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And my grandmother, even though she's 100% Japanese, um, when she moved to the United States, it, she wanted her children to be American, right? Sure. And so, you know, she did not speak the language to them. And they did not grow up in a house where my grandmother was speaking Japanese to them because... In her mind, she didn't want people to look at them differently okay. um, or treat them differently for speaking another language, which in hindsight, you know, I really wish she would have because it would have been great for them to to know that and pass it along to their kids. But I understand. But at the why. time, her intentions were noble. I mean, yeah. it was a different it was a different time. It was yeah. a different social climate. So yeah. I, I can understand that for sure. Yeah. So I I, I, I respect her for, for for that making that decision. Um, but it's funny because all of my cousins, we really try and thoroughly embrace uh the culture, you know, because we love, we do love it, and we are proud of it. We are proud to be just a little sliver of Japanese. You sure, know, it's, sure. It's something for us to be excited to tell people. So, I love I love Japan. Like I I lived there for a short time uh, in my dance career and did a show That's there. Right. We went. You I was on tour. A show there. Well, I choreographed. I didn't produce. You choreographed. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's right. Um, uh-huh. I wish I could take credit for chore- for producing that show, but I I can't. But I yes, I was the choreographer and one of the stars of the show. <laughs> Naturally, of course. <laughs> it's this one right down here. This little poster. This Japanese poster down here. You see? Oh yeah! <laughs> Look at that! Oh um, my gosh! Anyway, uh. No, but I loved it. Like I and I even said while I was there, and again, I was only there for uh, a season. I'll call it, like I was there for six months or something like that. Um, and we were on tour, and then we ended up setting up at the at the Grand Hotel Amamatsu in Hamamatsu, and and that's where we spent most of our time because the hotel actually bought the show, and then the show ran for seven years. Um, I didn't stay that long, obviously, but because we hired local talent to do the show on the nightly. But I, when I was there, I I told the producer I was like, if there is an opportunity to stay, like I'll do it. Like I, I felt so at home there. So I, I get that, you know? Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean. And the audiences know. for for me, at least for what I was doing, the audiences were so appreciative yes. and they were, everybody just seemed, at least in my experience, was very friendly yes. and, and it was just a different vibe, you know? It was, I don't know the culturally their respect. Mm-hmm is just different than anywhere else. I mean, they show they, it in more re- in a more active way. 
Yes, that's a great way to put it. I would absolutely agree with that. It's a very active re- respect the culture and appreciation. Yeah, yeah, and it's Gratitude. genuine. Yeah. You know, it's not forced. It's 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 natural and organic. Um, yeah, which is really refreshing. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of honesty in that country. So um, let me yeah. tell you about honesty. Let me. <laughs> I don't let know me... if I've I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Actually, okay, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Well, okay. I don't, I don't know if this is funny, but it's just something that just made me think of it when we're talking about the Japanese culture and how people are honest and whatnot. So when I was there doing the sh- doing the show, um, <laughs> in Hamamatsu, I, I, there, you know, I, 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 pro- I have to tell you this part of the story, but it's not. I'm not telling you this to sound obnoxious or conceited, but I, you have to know this for the story. I was on billboards, like a picture of me was on a billboard in front of the hotel and stuff like that, of like me in the show, you know, like I and there was. A big picture of me and then like their cast was kind of like in the background <laughs> and it wasn't my again i didn't design that it was like the up to the hotel's marketing that's what they did when they we sent them our full press kiss that's what they did anyway so when i was in hamamatsu a lot of times like if i was just walking around during the day or like in the in the city and in that area or if i would go to a store or something people would recognize me in a very polite way and like they'd be pointing because maybe they saw the show the night before or something and i was always like oh hi you know right, right. so i'm at the mall and I'm used to that, those little, those little very pleasant interactions. But so I'm, I'm at the mall trying to buy a shirt for a birthday present for one of the cast members. This particular person was a lot smaller than me. So I was looking <laughs> for a size that was not my size. You know? And the, the salesperson is like all coming up to me and talking to me. And here's me. I'm stupid. I'm thinking, oh, they recognize me from my billboard. You know? <laughs> like they didn't want anything to do with me. But they, they were just trying to help me. And I was like, oh, you know, the, you know I'm holding up this shirt that I want to buy. And he, he didn't speak English, but he kept taking it out of my hand and handing me a bigger size. I'm like, it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like and he, even, he even like stood back. <laughs> he even stood back at one point when I was like holding it and like trying to hand it to him to like ring up. And he stood back and like looked me up and down and just shook his head no. And I'm like, it's not for me. <laughs> it's, yes, it's too small for me. I get it. <laughs> and meanwhile, oh meanwhile, I'm like, he probably wants my autograph. That's why he's talking to me. No. <laughs> He's like, girl, you're buying the wrong size. He's like, girl, let's be realistic. You ain't fitting into that shirt. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. You haven't told me that before. That's pretty funny. Girl. I was like, okay. So, anyway. (laughs) So, all right. Let's get to to the heart of the ocean here. Let's talk about Las Vegas. Okay. Okay? I mean, at least for me. At least for me. I mean, that's where we met. We met in Las Vegas. I still reside here. um, And most of our close friends and families are live here so i'm gonna call this the heartbeat of of the of the story for for the moment what brought you to vegas so i uh followed a a guy right um and a job i guess you could say and a job right so those are good reasons to follow somebody yeah right yeah so i i moved to las vegas um and you know i started working for his company and you know admittedly I don't think I would be where I am today had I not followed him, had I not been a part of of, of his adventure, and and if he had not been a part of my story, um, you and I wouldn't be friends. So there's so many things that happen in your I life. I don't know. I feel like we would have somehow found each other. Maybe we are. We are like two souls that yeah. should be. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, you know, he helped me gain a really good foot and a foundation in in this business in this industry. Uh, a lot of my knowledge comes from things that he personally taught me. I am forever grateful 
uh, to him for that. And, you know, it didn't work out between us, but, you know, um, deeply respect him, uh, deeply, you know, appreciate everything that he did. And I'll never deny that he was the one that helped me get my start. Um, so how long were you together once you got back or not back once you moved to Vegas? How, like, when did that, when did that come to an end? Um, officially I was in Vegas for about a year. Okay. About a year. Um, mm-hmm. and then it kind of fizzled out a little bit. So, sure, sure. I get that. Well, as, um, it, as it does, you know. Well, I mean, you know, I, I changed, you know, I was young when I first met him, you know, and, and as, as you grow and you see opportunities can, you know, approach you and you start to become confident in yourself and your capabilities. Um, Sometimes the people that maybe were a part of your life at that time, you realize that you you don't really necessarily, you don't vibe on the same level anymore. You don't need them anymore. Not not that you don't need them anymore, but don't vibe on the same level. You're not, your energies aren't, aren't matching anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we wanted different things in life. Right. And so we had, we had different paths, I guess. Um, and we weren't going down the same train track. We we're going down two different ones. So, okay, fair enough. So, what was it? This might be a hard question to answer, but um, when you realize that that relationship was not meant to continue, and you've done this big move from New York to to Las Vegas, which is a big um, lifestyle change, and I know that from experience. What was it about Las Vegas that that had you hooked to stay? So it was a girl. Me? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> it's someone you know very well. Um, What's her name? Leanne. Ooh, Albertoni. Leanne Albertoni. Hey, girl. Yes. Um, say hey. So, you can say hi. She listens. She listens to the Hey, show. girl. Um, so, so at the time uh, when all of this was happening, I was actually working with Leanne. And Leanne became a good friend, a very good friend of, of I mean, one of the best friends. And, you know, she's family. She, yeah, she's family. She's, she's our family. She yeah. is. She's like, she's like, our sister. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's, I mean, gosh, I mean, I can't even, she's my perspective. That's what I call her. I have always called her that. She's my perspective in a bottle because that's exactly what she did for me back in those days. Um, she gave me the perspective I needed to feel confident within myself. Um, I wasn't as confident back then um, okay. in in my capabilities, and you know, Leanne kind of almost shook me and was sure. like, "You're amazing! Like you, <laughs> you can do this. You, you have literally an opportunity of a lifetime in this city. You are so good at what you do. You are yeah. so good at cocktails. You are so good at bartending. You were, you know, you, you're so great at training and all the things that you do. She's you're the like, full package. Yeah. She's like you." just need to own it. Right. And don't be afraid to own it by yourself. You don't need somebody to hold your hand to own it. You need to own it by yourself. And she was like, that's when you're going to start soaring. That's when you're going to start growing. And that's when you're going to become the best version of yourself because you need to do it by yourself. And so Leanne took me under her wing and she wrapped me in a warm blanket, literally in her house and was like, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be perfect and you're going to thrive here and I'm going to help you. And she did. She gave me the perspective I needed. She gave me the confidence boost that I needed to go out and do something on my own. Um, 
I did. And she, so yeah, like I stayed because of a girl. I went because of a boy and stayed because of a girl. And hey, girl. Yeah. Hey, girl. I like that. And I love that. That we need to make that like a tagline on like our merchandise or something. <laughs> yeah. I went because of a boy and I stayed, stayed because, because of, of a, a girl. girl. Yeah. Yes. Cheers. Yes. Take a drink. <laughs> Take a drink. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, so that's so that you know that concludes that part of that piece of the story. <laughs> you know, no, Leanne, I'll agree. I mean, obviously, you know, yes, I've had similar experiences with our with our, our dear sister Leanne. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get it. I can see it. Um, and she's good people. She's good for that. Like she's definitely mm-hmm. she's the mama of the group. Yes, in a way, you know. Yeah, she definitely is. I mean, she um, she has no problem telling you. <laughs> straight to your face what's up girl <laughs> like, right you know girl, you girl know? if you just seen some of the conversations between me and her too because i have no problem saying it right back too <laughs> <laughs> which so, i know you I don't mean, either you would say it too <laughs> so I would, just funny. i think yeah. that's why all three of us get along so well because right. we can appreciate the honesty that the we honesty, each yeah. give and we can we can take it in and 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 not be offended by it um right but we're also not afraid to debate it that's true yeah, yeah, yeah. Very strong uh, A-type personalities in this room, for sure. <laughs> and when all three of us are together, God help us. Like, <laughs> Watch then, out. Let's talk about, since we're already talking about friendships and family, yeah. where did we? Where did our dear friend Marina come into the mix? Because she's, oh. uh, she's the other sister in our group. Marina floats on a unicorn off of a cloud in a goddess outfit. Um, right. So I know, like, I want to be her. Like, I, mean, and I don't want to be anybody else. <laughs> she is. She is the epitome of everything beautiful, bottled into this beautiful little bottle with a, you know, like those old beautiful perfume bottles. Yeah, yeah. With the with the squeeze her. thing and it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The squeeze thing and, and the little fringe and everything yeah. all over you because she's just <laughs> magic. Um, and you know, and that'll be a quick plug for her brand. And Electrodust because yes. um, you know she has an amazing um, uh, cocktail Company. garnish, yep. co- you know, and it's um, just as electrifyingly beautiful as she is. Um, but so Marina came into the picture. Um, that guy that I came here with, um, he happened to be friends with her as well, and her and I actually worked some events together, and we sure. um, did some small projects together. Got it. So, so yeah, so she, uh, we were, I, she was an acquaintance, um, that ended up turning into family, which is just how I like it. You know, we yes. are two completely opposite human beings. I mean, she is tall, long legs, beautiful blonde hair, you know, just, um, very quiet, reserved, um, you know, very thought, thoughtful. She thinks a lot, you know, um, I am not that I don't think, but I'm just very, I'm dark hair, I'm brunette, I'm short, I'm loud, I'm boisterous, I'm, you know, blah, you know, and, you know, just a little ball I, of fire, right? And, and, but and great Maria, fire, great fire, of course. And, Mar- you know. and Marina's the, she's the fire extinguisher. She puts me out, <laughs> you know, not and then, in a and bad then... way. No, not in a bad way at all. Like in a good way, you know, she's like, she's very calm and her energy is very peaceful and tranquil where I come in and I get the party started, you know, which is completely, yeah. um, but I think that yin and yang, really worked well with us and um i mean i wouldn't want it any other way like just 
you know, and she's a kick-ass mom and God, the, I mean, mixology, you want to talk about craft cocktails? I mean, geez, I mean, no one holds a candle to her creativity. I mean, she is amazing. Yes. And she, she is a dear friend and she is a friend of the Hey Girl show. She was actually season one finale. That's right. Hey girl. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So, all right. So we've got the family now. We've, we've realized how you got to Vegas. Here's the family. You've got, you've got Leanne, you've got Marina. I'm not quite in the picture yet, but that's okay because we're going to get there. But we're going to um, get there. Yeah. But let's before we get there, let's talk about this cute little this, this little project you did on the Las Vegas trip. I, I think it's called the Cosmopolitan of Las mm. Vegas. We're mm. I, who who opened the Cosmo with Marina and pa- Andrew Pollard, Miss Kristen, well Kristen Schaefer at the time, but Kristen Wesley yeah. now. Tell yeah. me, tell me about that experience. Or how wow, it started. So, I know that's a big question, but like maybe just kind of how it started and then kind of your yeah. overall sentiment of your time there. So going back to Marina, uh, one day uh, she reached out to me and, and, and mind you at this time, Marina and I were, we were, we were acquainted. You were, we you were acquainted. Like, yeah. Besties, we weren't yet. super close. Like we weren't hanging out. We weren't like BFFs. Like we knew each other. We respected each other just because this industry is very small. Um, and she reached out and she was like, I have an opportunity for you. And, you know, I, I'd like for you to come and interview for a job. And I was like, what? Like, okay, what, what is it? Right. So she filled me in and she was like, you know, I've taken on the role of one of the property mixologists for the cosmopolitan. And I was like, oh, that crazy, cool new casino they're opening. That's awesome. You know, like congratulations. And she was one of the very first people that to be hired on the beverage team. And they asked her to kind of give recommendations for um, other people that she felt could be a part of that opening team to help bring the Cosmopolitan's beverage program to life. So when she called me, I was floored. I I didn't even, I was, I, I didn't believe that, you know, I didn't even think she knew that I had a, that any kind of talent to do something like that. Right. At the, um, at the time, were you bartending or were you? Yeah. Managing? So you were bartending. So okay. I was, at, yeah, I was at a bar called Rum Bar, which is at the Mirage. Yep. Um, and that's where Leanne and I worked together. Right. And, um, and so I went, you know, for the interview, I applied for it and, um, you know, I, I did get the job and the role was GM of lounges, right? Like the general manager of bond and a couple other places. No. Yeah. So, so basically the way that they did it at the Cosmopolitan is they created, um, a mixology team, like, uh, the, the, the mixologist team, which was comprised of three people. It was, uh, Marina, Andrew Pollard and myself. And then we also wore a second hat in the building. So we also each were the GM of our individual bars, right? So, um, Marina was the GM of the chandelier bar, which, um, you know, just, almost matched it matched her like it, it, just, it does it's it, her it, it's like, her it, it's, it's the it's, manifestation of her yeah absolutely right and it's then this tall gorgeous dripping in diamonds and beauty and yes. wonderful cocktails and creative innovative thought <laughs> exactly right so it just embodied her and um but i will tell you this what was interesting about it is we got to pick our bars and what we see, oh that is like, interesting I didn't know that yeah, you never, you've so, never told me that that's yeah, great yeah so um, I don't think that's something that I've ever told you like like you just said but um, when we all got hired 
the the our our food and beverage director at the time, Scott Barthelms, was like, okay, listen, guys, so you guys are all going to be GMs of your own individual bars, and you know we want you to pick the bars that you want to be the GM of, right? So we all got to do like kind of a tour. And so the first bar we went to, which is the very first bar when you walk into the Cosmopolitan, which is Vesper, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, it is, it's the lobby bar, but it's so much, so much more than that, right? It's classic cocktails and rendition of classic cocktails, very, um, you know, throwback 1930s, 1940s, kind of prohibitionary type pro. Yeah. But you know, but with a really cool twist. Right. And, um, I mean, that just screamed Andrew Pollard. I mean, I mean, he is, you know, he can take any classic cocktail and turn it into something completely different and amazing. And um, I used to call him the cocktail whisperer because he would always come up with the most magical names for cocktails. Um, and and so when we saw that bar, we were just kind of like, that's Pollard. Like, we don't even need to, like, have a discussion about this, right? And then we kept walking through the casino and then the chandelier bar came out and we were just like, I mean, duh, like we know that's (laughs) Marina, right? Like we all just kind of like, that is Marina's bar. Like there's no questioning that. And then you walk a little further through the casino and there was another bar called bond and bond was the high energy ultra lounge, ultra lounge, total ultra lounge. And we, you you even used to do a gay night there, which I loved. Yeah, DJs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pink sequins everywhere, like, you know, lots of fun, vibrant colors. And it was like, duh, this is Kristen. Yeah. You know what yeah, I yeah. mean? So, you know, they essentially they said you guys get to pick your bars, but our bars picked us, right? Oh, I and love that. so yeah. um so we had other bars throughout the the uh Cosmopolitan. So I I ended up Chandelier is a huge bar. So, I mean, Marina could only take on so much. I mean, it, three levels, four bars within each level. Like, it's just a lot, right? So, I also took Q Bar, which or, originally Q Bar was meant to be the Q line for Marquee Nightclub, but, um, and kind of like a sports bar, but it ended up being more like a sports bar. And there was great crew that worked in there. And so, I had Q Bar, I had Bond, and then I also had the High Limit room. Um, so I was GM of those three bars and then Marina and Pollard had Vesper and, um, Chandelier. And that's how that happened. I love that. I did not know that part of the story. I love it. Mm. So again, this might be hard to sum up, but if you can, do you have like a, a really, like your favorite memory from your time at the Cosmopolitan? Oh my gosh. There's so many. There's so many. I know. (sighs) Come on. Yeah, I do. So the night before we opened Cosmopolitan, um, we had literally gotten everything in so last minute. And I mean, I don't think I don't think any of us had slept in, I don't know, probably like 28 hours. I mean, we were living off of um, Rockstar. Red Bull and yeah. (laughs) I mean, like all, I mean, no, we preferred Rockstar. I'll be honest. Um, We preferred uh, the- No offense to the the Red Bull sponsorship I have coming up next week. No, I'm kidding. Oh boy. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But no, so yeah. So we we drank a lot of Rockstar with us and I mean, whatever. So, but I remember- and I was all by myself in, in this moment. And 
Um, we had just finished setting up all the furniture and bond and all this. I let all the, the crew go home, all of our opening staff, because everybody was just exhausted. We had just finished putting up the back bar and we had, you know, organized all the tools and all the furniture was where it needed to be. And, you know, we we're going to open in T minus like seven hours. Right. And I just remember sitting down on the couch in in bond and, and, and Bond had windows that looked out onto the strip. So I just remember looking out and just smiling and going, tomorrow we have to share this with the world, you know? And, and like, there had been so many memories already that had happened within the short two month period that we had set, you know, started on this journey to open up Cosmo. And I mean, I just smiled and I said to myself, I'll never forget this moment. Like this moment right here, the calm before before the storm, I'm all by myself. I'm looking at my bar for the very last time before human beings get to sit on this couch and I'll savor this forever because I don't know that this will ever happen again. The opportunity to get to open a casino on the strip um, and be part of such a pivotal casino on the strip that had undeniably a groundbreaking beverage program like it did and restaurant program. I mean, they really went all out for food and beverage there in a way that hadn't been done in a really long time. And it was just really amazing um, to be a part of that and, and to sit there for a moment and just in silence and think to myself, this is it. Like we did it the doors are opening and, you know, and then the next day it was like chaos, like, you know, chaos, you can't even imagine. Right. You know, what's so funny. I really, and I'm sorry, I might even cut this part out cause I'm not trying to make this about me, but yeah. like, I love hearing that story because I don't think I've ever asked you that specific, that question in that way. I know we've talked about your time there uh, yeah. privately, but, um, but I love that because I'm having this realization that, and this is maybe, one of the reasons we connect so much is that that it basically what you just described is what I say when people ask me what my favorite part of doing a show was. And my favorite yes. part has always been that moment before the curtain goes up. Yes. It's always that moment where you, you're, you're ready to go. You're right ready to go. And it's that moment before you share it with the rest of the world. And because you have that moment of appreciation, that moment of accomplishment, and that moment of inspiration, and that moment of excitement all at once. Yeah. All at once. Yes, it is pretty. It's a pretty powerful moment to have. And, you know, I would say if anybody ever finds themselves in uh, opening a show, opening a bar, opening a restaurant, even heck, walking down the aisle, you know, make sure. Which aisle? What aisle are you talking about? Any no. aisle. You know, <laughs> I don't aisle get it. I'm get married. <laughs> well, hopefully not a not a bad aisle, but no, I don't. Um, you know. <laughs> You got to take that moment to just really savor it and appreciate it and just embrace it because yeah. um, you'll never forget it. Um, yeah. But if you don't take it, you'll never have it. True. It's true. So I'm wondering what. Um, so we talk, you know, we talk about the Cosmopolitan as being, you know, groundbreaking and, and their, their food and beverage efforts have been were were innovative and they were different than, as you mentioned, different than something anybody else was doing at the time. And I'm curious what your um, take on uh, the, the overall sentiment or, and um, impact that the Cosmopolitan has had on the Las Vegas Strip even today. Well, we raised the bar. I, I mean, we, ra we raised the bar in a way that kind of forced um, the rest of the 
strip to raise the bar. To you follow suit. Yeah, they had to. I mean, people wanted to go drink and eat at Cosmo. And that's where they would go to drink and eat. And not just because it was the ni- nice, shiny new toy. They went because the drinks were actually really great and innovative and different. And I mean, um, I'm, I'm not sure if Marina talked about this on, on when she did your show, but one of the number one selling cocktails at the cosmopolitan was one of her creations. And the it, Verbena, wasn't even yeah. on a, it wasn't even on a menu. Like the, it wasn't on a dang menu. Like you, it was all word of mouth and experience. Yeah. yeah. You You're like, even, you got to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just that you alone, still can too. Like you can yeah, still you go can and still, order it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's things like that, that really, you know, changed the game and made people step up their beverage program. You know, we didn't cut corners. We had a full kitchen dedicated to making all of our syrups and juicing all of our fresh juices. I mean, our lemon, our lime, everything was fresh pressed. We weren't using anything bottled or cold pressed. And that was really different because, you know, typically when you're talking about food and beverage costs, that's a, it's a pretty, that's a high cost. It's a high labor cost. Yeah. Yeah. It's a high labor cost. Right. But you know, but you, the the Cosmo was like, no, we're going to do this this way. Yeah. Yeah. And and it paid off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and we did it in such a high volume environment that people just couldn't wrap their head around how we were actually making money, you know? Um, but we were hand over fist and we were doing really well. Um, and we've, you know, and so I think that, it, it, it was pretty cool to see that. And to this day, I think that the food and beverage programs, the beverage programs at least, are are treated a little differently in Vegas. I think that there is a demand for excellence. There is a demand for quality. And it's coming not just from the trade, but it's coming from the consumer as well. Sure. Beca- because our consumer base is a lot more educated, you know, Um the internet does wonders. People, anybody can make a Cosmo nowadays. All they have to do is Google it and they can right. figure it out. And there's so many videos about how, oh, if you don't use fresh juice, you're not making great drinks, you know? Um, right, right. So it's, you know, it's uh, definitely, it was it was cool to see that for sure. Do you agree that um, the Cosmo's uh, brand culture is meant for the curious class? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I think anybody could feel comfortable in the in you know in that that space. I think that every human has a little bit of curiosity in them, and I think that because it's in Vegas, I feel like you know people tend to when they come to Vegas, open up a little bit more. They and, lower their inhibitions and they're yeah, ready to just kind of let loose. Yeah, and they explore a little bit more. I'm still um, waiting to come out of my shell. I don't know when <laughs> it's going to happen. I've been here for 16 years. <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> I need to go and drink some more drinks at the at the chandelier bar. That's right. Get yourself some verbena. Yeah. No. I will agree. I I think that what I mean, obviously, this is I'm gonna kind of this is gonna be a little bit of a dated story, but I for me, I remember it might have been your one of the first marketing campaigns for the Cosmo, but if it wasn't the first, it was definitely maybe early on in the second or something. But the one that's even now in 2021, about to be 2022, I I still remember the campaign that was so effective. I loved the ads that said just the right amount of wrong. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Like I wanted to go. I was like, yep, done. That's me. That's me. Because I know I'm not right. But I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm, I am not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was, it was truly genius. Um, Mm -hmm. that tagline, I mean, it, 
I mean, it just captured so many people, so many people's attention sure. immediately, and you'll never forget it. It's just the right amount of wrong, yeah. you know. And it's, I was th- and I was here for it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was. They they did and still do a great job. You know, Cosmo, you know, has changed over the years. Um, you know, but I still actually have friends that work there that still work there from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, so they keep me posted. Sure. Updated on uh, all the changes and all the things we we're watching you, what you guys are doing to our beloved beverage program. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, there's something there. Wait, you gotta elaborate though. Who, who are we talking about? No. no, no, no. I mean, it's just you know, it's you know, I will say so. You know, Pollard and I both left after. I mean, I left first, and we'll get into that. That's a whole nother chapter of my life. Um, and then Pollard left to a new role too. And then Marina was the last man standing, right? And she nailed that whole beverage program for ten years like 10 years she kept that thing going and innovative and just as glorious as the day that it opened you know um sure. you know and now she's crushing it for the win because she's yeah winning. she is yeah, she's she is. winning she is at the winning. win yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so all right moving on to the next yes. chapter uh because you've got right. so much we gotta i gotta keep it moving not that i'm not oh loving God. this but yeah um then you get scouted to go work for our favorite vodka. Well, I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore, but I'm going to say it's my favorite vodka. Absolute. I am um, absolutely allowed to say that. Absolutely. Okay. I don't know because well, now you handle multiple brands now. So I'm not sure. I just wanted to be respectful. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. But yes. So then she, she gets scouted to come work for Absolute Vodka. Tell me briefly how that came about. Actually, here's a funny twist to that story. Okay. So Andrew Pollard was actually offered the job first. Really? I didn't. I I did not know that. Okay. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead, girl. So um, Andrew got offered the job first and... um, the job, but tell everybody what it was. Tell them. So, what, so, the so the so absolute vodka um, was looking for a brand ambassador for Las Vegas, and it had been quite some time since they had um, a, a brand ambassador in in the in the United States, and the previous ambassadors were not educationally driven. They were more, you know, luxury lifestyle driven. And so Pernod Ricard, who is the owner of Absolute Vodka, um, wanted to, you know, take a different approach and, and really get some educational moments behind Absolute to help kind of bring some brand um, recognition again. Sure. And, and, and engagement and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so they wanted to hire someone. So they started in Las Vegas to like kind of guinea pig the program, if you will, just to see if it would work, right? Sure, sure. And so um, Andrew had applied. I had applied. They offered Andrew the job first. And um, my old boss, Chris Patino, which he might not ever listen to this, but even if he does, I don't care because I love Chris Patino. He's an amazing human being. Um, you know, Andrew thought about it for a little bit, and he went back to them and he said, I think you're making a mistake. I know that you offered me the job, but I just, I, I don't know if I'm the right person for this job. I think that you guys are making a mistake. And so they were like, what? Like, cause no one, you know, no one like comes back after they like say, sure, I'll take the job. And then it's like, eh, no, I, I, I don't think this is right. 
And so, um, you know, he was like, basically, he's like, you got to hire Kristen. She's the one. Like, she's the absolute person. And so they they came back to me, even though I was the second choice, right? I still was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride on this one, and I'm going to go rock this. I am going to crush this. I'm going to sure. absolutely crush this. Absolutely. Pun intended. Um, and... Um, yeah, and I got the job, and I started. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know yeah. what the heck a brand ambassador does. Sure. They don't give you a rule book. They don't like give you. There's no like training for being a brand ambassador. You know, like other than like the generic like you know, here's how you do your expenses, and right. you know, right. here's here's the reports you need to fill out at the end of the night, right? And and that's about it. But like as far as how to get the momentum, how to get people involved or excited sure. or want to even drink the brand, like. They give you the like the brand training, but that's it, you know. So I'm like, what am I gonna? How do I do this? I don't even know. Like they don't give you a schedule either. So you're just like, you know, the first probably six months of that job, I was just like running around like, you should drink Absolute. You should drink right. Absolute. Like you know, I like, still do that, and I don't even work yeah. for Absolute. No, I'm getting. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, But then, but then I got into my groove and I started figuring out like, you know, Absolute has so much history and so much, so much substance, like the actual, the liquid in the bottle has so much, um, uh, just again, history. I'm like fumbling my words here for a second, but I mean, it just, it, it's more than history, the way that it's made, the way that it's produced, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from seed to bottle, everything is very authentic about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that story wasn't really being told. So I learned how to, I found my voice and I learned how to tell that story and I learned how to tell that story really well. And then I added a lot of glitter to it and made it really fun. And all of a sudden absolute started being the brand that people started picking up to drink again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it worked. And so because it worked in Vegas, uh, they expanded the program and then they hired a brand ambassador for a- every major city in the United States. And then we yes, had a girl. huge, a huge brand ambassador team. And it was, uh, that team was amazing, you know, and it was cool. Cause you know, it was the first time they had done that much with absolute in a long time. And it, I think it really made an impact on the country, sure. you know, um, yeah. in, in a whole, you know, so yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I isn't correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't absolute and I, oh, I'm actually embarrassed. I'm, I I don't know if I'm going to get this statistic 100 percent right, but you'll help okay. me. Isn't wasn't absolute one of the first major brands to come out publicly in support of the LGBTQ plus community many years Absol- ago? Absolutely. I mean, they have been supporting. They've been supporting us for a, a long time, which I a that was never a question. Long time. But my, yeah. I think my question was: Were they the first, um, or do we know, or were they were definitely one of the first? But were they the first? I, I don't, I don't know if they were the first. I don't. But they were. Say... They still did it before it was popular to do it. Is the point? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, because at I the mean... time, a big company like that could it could have been their detriment. It could have been sure. their downfall. Yeah. Because they they have the point is, and I didn't mean to you know fumble it, but the point is is that when they did start supporting us, it wasn't at a time where it was popular. Oh no! And yeah, there could I have mean, there could have potentially been a lot of financial repercussions. Uh, oh sure. For them to do that publicly to say no that we support the gays. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, but 
they did anyways. I mean, they, they did, which is why we love them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, look, I don't know if they were the first vodka to do it, but I, if, if I could put it this way, they were the strongest voice to do love it. that. Yes. That's the good way to say it. Yep. You know, there might I think they did other... make the most impact, at least in the uh, liquor world. I think they did make the most impact w- in regards to supporting gay rights and gay pride. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think I can't quote that they were the first, but I know that they were the strongest and the loudest. <laughs> Qualities you know? that you and I both share. No. <laughs> Strong, yeah. Strong I, and loud. They, no. I mean, I mean, they, they definitely made their voice heard and they weren't shy about it. Um, no. You know, so I, I think that, you know, I've always really appreciated that about Absolute as a brand. Um, Absolute as a brand has always been very avant-garde. They don't really go with the grain or the flow of everyone else. They've always kind of done things to the beat of their own drum. But, you know, I think that's just natural of the Swedish culture, right? The ah. Swedes, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they're innovative, they're expressive. They they kind of just do what they, they want to do because they know it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, they just do the right thing all the time. Like it's kind of a part of their DNA and their culture, the Swedish culture, you know? Um, so, you know, and yeah, I mean, they... I I mean, Absolute undeniably had some of the best marketing that any company, not just not just liquor company, like some of the most innovative outside of the box, um, unforgettable marketing platforms that and campaigns that anyone had seen. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, So they kind of they changed the game for a lot of things. So and we now, weren't affiliated with some like pop star. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're at the point where we meet. Yes. So why don't I, I let you? Why don't I let you yeah. tell the story how we met? So you we, actually, we both have a very dear friend um, that has a company in Vegas, Miss um, Holly Cox. Holly Cox. <laughs> <laughs> And her Les Jolies Boutique. Les Jolies, honey. Yes. We love Some Holly Some of Cox. the we love most beautiful models that you will find in Las Vegas, which you were one of them. So, <laughs> yes. <Thank you. laughs> so, So Holly told me about this amazingly beautiful human being that was just so enigmatic and just so um, passionate about being not not being successful but just doing cool things and um you know so she was like i have this wonderful beautiful friend that you have got to meet he's got some really cool ideas that he wants to share with you and you know maybe partner up with you to do some things for absolute and i was like okay i was like sure let's do it you know and she's like and he knows everybody like, she's like, you got to know this about Bill. He knows everybody. And I was like, okay, I know everybody too. Right, so right, his, right. Which is funny because that, that, how like, did so we his, not meet before that? I don't I know. I was like, so so his everybody's and my everybody's must not, you know, run in the same circles. So that means that we're going to know a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot of everybody's because, you know, all when of our everybody's together, are yeah. going to. Right. So um, <laughs> I remember we met downtown. Yes, at that coffee shop, the Beat or yeah. whatever. What was it called? The Beat. Yep, yeah, the Beat. We met at the Beat. Yeah, and we talked about. Um, I think it was a brunch that. You yeah, to it was do. A, a, a LGBTQ hosted brunch yeah. weekly. Yep. activation. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and um, 
I think it. And one I knew point, nothing. Well, I was just this like. I mean, I remember I was so nervous about that meeting. We've never talked about this, so like, I love it. This will be this will be the part that hopefully the audience was was craving for this authentic conversation of sharing something I've never actually told you. I was so nervous about that about that what? meeting. Well, because I didn't know you. All I knew is that there was this was like the queen of absolute vodka. And to me, I already loved Absolute. And it was also this worldwide brand that I potentially have this opportunity to get FaceTime with somebody who can can make some of my ideas come to fruition. You know what I mean? Right. In a right. partnership. And I was I was showboy. And not not I'm not I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it was just it was this was a new endeavor for me. And I was just I was I didn't know what I was doing. I was just sharing ideas with somebody who could potentially help it happen. Right. Right. And I remember sitting there and, you know, you started telling me about your idea and I just saw the energy and the excitement and the like just the the raw and just genuine love and passion for everything that you put your heart into. And I was like, God, like, I, I want to be this guy's friend. Like, I want to be <laughs> friends with him. Like, I, like, I, yeah, okay, we'll do the brunch thing. Sure. Okay, yeah, whatever. You're like, that, but like, that's done. But can we be friends? Let, no, right. Yeah. But like more than that, let's, right. you know, and then, you know, one event led to another event and you kept doing things with us and, and, and I don't know, it just got to the point where we were inseparable and, you know, our energies just played off of each other and, you know, um, you're kind of like arm candy for me. So no, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. And like, as I said, I, I love that. And I, I was nervous and I remember, I remember leaving that meeting, going to Jubilee and being in the dressing room and telling all the other showboys how excited I was that I met this amazing girl, like this amazing person from Absolute Vodka. And oh my God, they're on board. They want to, they want to, you know, sponsor this the idea that I had been talking to them about for yeah. weeks, you know, like yeah. in the dressing room, you know? Um, no, I was so excited, but then, uh, but then, yeah, exactly. As, as you said, it, it just started to form a really wonderful, not just partnership, but a, a friendship formed. And yeah. then, um, but there was just always so much respect, mutual respect. But I remember for me, it was just so much admiration and so much uh, like in awe of what, how amazing you were and how good at your job you were and how inspiring you were and how other people responded to you. So that was always, uh, I always felt humbled and grateful that you considered me as you're in your circle. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I, uh, I could literally say exactly everything you said about me <laughs> right back to you exactly the same way. So well, that's, it was that's why we're so mutually respect. That's yeah. We, well, it was that's funny why because we are, we are. It was funny because even Amanda Moo, who's been a co-host on this show many times, and I know you know yes, her because she worked at the Cosmo. Her. Yes. Yep. Um, she. I remember. I'll never forget. She even mentioned that once a long time ago. Um, and I don't know why it stuck in my head specifically when she said it, but but it did. And she basically said that she's. A, she made a comment on like maybe a, a social media post that we had done, like a, of the two of us or something, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. you and I were commenting on each other's posts. I don't know. But she made a comment like where she was like, I just love how much you two love each other. You know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's not you, fake. It's not forced. It, it's it's no, so authentic. And I think that we learn from each other. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, and no, I mean, you're. You're not a friend. You're family. Like, oh, I mean, ditto. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it, you're, I mean, you're always going to be in my life. So, I mean, it's, 
yeah, it's it, it was it was meant to be, and I'm very grateful to Holly for introducing us um, because you know Holly has actually been a part of inter- not formally introducing. She's a great Mateo. connector. She is. Oh my gosh, she should be like a matchmaker. Or something. I think she is sometimes. You know, she's got like, a lot of side hustles. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, not that she formally introduced me to my husband, um, but she knew my husband very well, you know, and she, you know, I'm sure in some sort of form, she probably put her little sprinkle fairy dust on there and her little <laughs> Cupid Holly dust and kind of made made that happen. I don't know if it's possible. I wouldn't put it past her, to be honest. So let's talk about that. So let's talk yeah. about because you and I we could talk about me. I love it. We could talk about we could us. talk about us, uh, us all day. <laughs> all day long. Yeah. Yes. Yes, girl. I, I, I kind of want. I want. I want you to keep complimenting me, and then I can compliment <laughs> you, and we can keep going. But like, <laughs> no way. So okay, let's talk about Adam. Yeah. Okay. So tell tell everybody um, how you guys met because okay, you worked so he- you worked on the same team at one point, or, or am I wrong? Oh, so, 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 no, no, you're not wrong. Um, okay. Well, kind of, sort of. So, um, help me clarify. Yeah. So he kind of, he doesn't love this story, but it's true. Are we allowed so to I tell to, it? Should we? Yeah, I'm going to tell okay. it. Um, so, how we started dating was very different from how we met. So, we oh, actually met it. at Cosmo. So, Adam was the uh, Southern Wine and Spirit Fine Wine rep for Cosmo. Um, and he ran the strip territory. And he was actually the Cosmo's wine rep. And um, our sommelier at the Cosmo, his name was Breton Lammy. Breton was walking uh, Adam around the property just to show it to him one day. And this was before we opened the doors. And I was super busy. I was, you know, like when I'm ingrained in something, I I mean, you could walk up with freaking, I I don't know, like, I don't somebody famous. And I'd probably be like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm like really busy, though. You know, because yeah, like you're not you're not jaded or like affected by those types of things. Yeah. Right. And so he walks up, Breton introduced me to Adam. I shook his hand and I was like, whatever. Right. And so um, I know he told Adam told me once that, you know, he had asked Breton about me and he was like, oh, he was like, who's that? You know, and Breton's like, don't even bother. Ooh. Like she she's like she's out of she's your league. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he said that, but he was no, just like, I don't even bother. Sorry. Like she's like, you know, doing she's in the things. zone. She's not yeah. like meeting yeah. people right now. OK, that that's right. probably more appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I got my job for Absolute and I started working for Absolute. And then shortly after that, Adam actually started working for Pernod Ricard and Pernod Ricard owns Absolute. Um, and so he was the prestige sales manager for Las Vegas. And because I was starting to integrate over into one of our luxury brands, which is, yes. Sorry, I just get excited. I get excited when we talk about Elix. (laughs) Um, So Absolute Elix, that was one of his focus brands. And it was around the time that we were launching Elix to the country. And um, I had not quite started working for the Elix team yet at this point, but it was kind of in the works. Um, and so long story short, like we ended up having to work together a lot, especially when I moved over onto the Elix team. Um, and that's kind of a story in itself, but, um, yeah, so I, uh, spent a lot of time with Adam and we became pretty close just because we had to work together all the time. He had a girlfriend. I had, I was dating someone, you know, we weren't, we were friends and, and, um, 
you know, I'll never forget one day I had to go to his house to go pick up some POS, which is point of sale. That's that stuff that you give away to people for free, you know, like t-shirts and hats and that sort of yeah, stuff. marketing material. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing materials. Right. And, um, I had always seen Adam always dressed to the nines. He was always, he did suited, always up, really suited up, yeah, always dapper, very polished, very clean looking. And he opened the door to his house and he was in like a baseball cap, some jeans and like a t-shirt. And I had never seen him like that before. Yeah. And when he opened the door, I was just kind of like, oh, Ooh. okay. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, it was so. a different side of this person that you yes. already knew. And I love yeah. that when you get to see somebody. I, it's, I know we're just talking about like the, the outfit, the physical, yeah. but yeah. but it does like people's vibration shines through in nonverbal ways. So I, yes. I get that. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, wow, it was like, you okay. were seeing this laid back, cool, sexier side of him. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Don't yeah. Know. And then, um, not that he wasn't sexy when he dressed up because he was too, but yeah. 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 Um, but then, you know, I just saw that side of him and I don't know, I looked at him differently from that moment on. And then it just so happened that serendipitously, we both kind of broke up with our significant others at the time. And he asked me out on a date and, we went out on our first date, and I don't know. We've been and the rest is her story. Yeah, we've been ever since. So he put a ring on it and got me. You know, he got me pregnant, and that's it. <laughs> sealed, the, sealed the deal. Sealed well, the deal. Yeah. Here's the thing. I will say this, and ladies and gentlemen, take note of this. One of the things I remember about when you guys were just starting to get to date and kind of get maybe a little serious, I loved that he reached out to me as your best friend. And wanted to get to know me one on one better, um, yes. and then also we support. We ended up going to dinner, the three of us, as a surprise to you. I think it was at Gordon Ramsay or something. Um, oh yeah, probably. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. But I loved that. So take note if you are really interested in somebody. Also, pay attention to their best friends. <laughs> yes, that's right. And he he was really good about that, um, and he always he wanted welcomed. to be a part of your life. It's the point, yeah, you know. He wanted yeah. to, yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. He really did, and and to this day, he still is. You know, he always asks about you because he yeah. knew we were doing this tonight, and he's like, "Okay, we'll tell Bunkle I said hi." You know, what? he calls you he calls you Bunkle, which is kind of weird, I know he but, does. You know, <laughs> funny. Yeah, well, that's um, the thing we have to tell everybody. This is this is actually really funny. This. I'm so glad we're finally doing this, but we have rescheduled this recording. I think it like four or five times. And the yes. reason, I, the reason I tell that is because the other day on your actual wedding anniversary, we were supposed to record, and yes. I, I texted you. I was like, "Wait a minute, isn't today <laughs> your anniversary?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "I forgot. Is. I forgot." Um, Me and Adam both forgot. Yeah, yeah, and it's that—that that is a kind of funny story. We actually both forgot our anniversary, which sounds terrible, people. But I will be honest: Adam and I are both very busy in our minds, and neither of us like get offended by it because, right. and and that I think that shows why we're good together because you know, like little things that you think other couples would get, like you know, the sure, one person sure. would get sensitive about sure. we just kind of laugh and we're just like oh god what idiots are we like how did we forget this like seriously like wow we're we're great <laughs> i love it and then and then just so people just to let people in on the joke the bunko thing comes from 
Instead yes. of saying Uncle Bill, we her kids call me Bunko, which I love. Um, and so do, you know, my other niece and nephew. Um, yes. Which I love. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's where the Bunko comes in. Yes, yes. So just so you know, he's got a pet name and it's Bunko. <laughs> I love it. So, okay, so you're doing all the things. You're fabulous. You're amazing. You're gorgeous. Now you have the most amazing best friend in Vegas. So you're on top of the world. And, hey, girl. Hey, girl. And then she becomes, wait for it, the first female president of the United States Bartenders Guild, Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Hey, girl. Madam, hey, girl. Madam President, tell me, how that was, tell me about that experience, about just when you found out that that was happening. I was a little overwhelmed. Um, so that happened. Uh, I was year was it December 2014, and I had ran for president. And so the Las Vegas chapter. So the United States Bartenders Guild has been around for a very long time. Um, there's chapters all over the country. Um, the very first chapter was started in California, but the Las Vegas chapter was always kind of like the, the foundational chapter, I guess, if you want to call it. What do you mean? So, um, so, I mean, it was, it was, it was like always the large, largest chapter. It was always the, 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 the the leaders, well, the founders, a lot of the founders of the, of the bartenders guild, um, you know, are from Vegas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it was always kind of the one that was like always in kind of spotlight. Right. And so, um, and I mean, undeniably Las Vegas is one of the hubs of the food and beverage industry. Right. I mean, you've got New York, San Francisco, Miami, but Vegas is very much on that map and very much, very important to the food and beverage industry. Um, and so, you know, there, there is a president, you know, not uh, elected and voted in every two years. And, um, you know, it, I don't think it was, any rhyme or reason to why there wasn't a female ever, but, um, you know, it just so happened that I was the first, you know, and, um, you know, I, I never really looked at it from a a male female perspective, but, you know, people thought it was like pretty, you know, remarkable. And I was like, okay, cool. Like man, I, I, I need to do the best because I'm the first female, right? Like if I don't do good with this, this is going to be, I got to, you know, raise up for the ladies here and, 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 and do the best I can. Um, so, you know, I took it on and, um, I found out two months later that I was pregnant, um, with my, my son Colton. And, you know, so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this pregnant and it's going to be great. And one of the things that, um, was very important to me is, um, you know, inclusion. So Vegas, historically, the Bartenders Guild had always been more known for more craft cocktail style bartenders, you know, like, you know, the bartenders that really wanted to be, you know, competitive and create, you know, um, original creative outside the box cocktails, you know, and, and use all of the, the, the tools and the gadgets and the, yeah, all the bells and and whistles and all the fan, all the fancy stuff. Right. That we love. Yeah. For me, I didn't start out bartending like that. I started out working. My first bartending job was in a dive bar. Like yeah. I was slinging Just shots. Turn, of turn and burn, whatever. Yeah. Jack Daniels and popping bottles of Coors Light. You know what I mean? And then like my second job was at Uno's Pizzeria, which yeah. was, you know, more of a chain restaurant. And so for me, I, I thought about it in a different way. And I'm like, 
There are so many bartenders in this city that deserve to have an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, and we need to reach out to those bartenders. You know, there was the flair bartending community that also is very, you know, great in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's unique and to Las Vegas, mostly. I very think. unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so... I just wanted to have a lot more inclusion. And, and and even if you weren't a bartender and you were a server and you wanted to be a bartender and you wanted to learn how to do that, you know, or be exposed to people that could help you learn how to do that, that's what the, the Bartenders Guild was about for me. It was about learning, growing, and, and, and helping each other as a community in this industry grow. So um, that's what I did. That's the mentality I took towards it. And I ended up taking Las Vegas to be the number one largest chapter in the United States. Yes, um, girl. During, during my term. And I, I did it with all the members. We all did it together. And it was collaborative. And it was an effort. And we did membership drives. And we, you know, we made it useful the the chapter we made it impactful we made it educational we made it a community um and it was wonderful it was a lot of work because you know um when you're in a role like that you don't get paid um you know you, you don't you, you do this you know on your own time i had a full-time job i was pregnant and i was doing this too so you know i i i thank adam all the time because i swear to god that man should have left me <laughs> No, because he was it. so he was so patient with me and everything I had to do. Um, especially after my son was born, I was still rocking and rolling. You were, and, yeah, you were still juggling a lot. Yeah, a lot. and yeah, I, rem- um, I remember. Yeah, so it was an amazing experience. Um, I still cherish all those moments and all those days that I got to be a part of that community and growing that with them. And they still are doing amazing. They're still doing great at, in Las Vegas, and the, their chapter is thriving and. Keep going, guys. You yes. guys, you're the best. You guys are the best. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Now, just to, let's just take inventory to make sure we're all on the same page here. Okay. So we've got because you've got you have so much amazing things that I want to talk about. Um. Uh, so okay. Now, um, Madam President. Absolute mm. Ambassador. Now moving into the Prestige Brands. Elix Ambassador wife, mother, everything. Why Texas? So simply it was for our family. Okay. Um, you know, not that I don't love Las Vegas. I, I very much love that town. Um, like you said and mentioned earlier, I had lived here, lived there for 11 years. I knew everybody in Vegas. It was comfortable. It was home, you know? Um, but we had a son and we're both in this industry, my husband and I both, and it becomes very taxing on anyone's relationship. Um, you know, it's the the constant having to go out late nights and, you know, having to figure out who's going to, you know, wake up with the baby and, you know, and then we started thinking about schools and, sure, you know, sure. where, where were we going to send our son to school? You know, I, I mean, it's no, it's not a, a secret. It's not a that secret that the public school system, and I'll say it. I know you're you're trying to be respectful, but I'll say it. Yeah, the public school system in Nevada is not great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crap to be honest. Um, and so, you know, look, Adam's family still lives in Vegas. His brother lives there. His two brothers live there. His mom still lives there. His dad still lives there. Like our support system was there. You know, his sure, sister lived sure. in California, which is a, sc- a, sk- a skip hop jump, and a jump, yeah, right? Way, yeah, yeah. You know, my best friends in the whole world, you know, you, Marina and Leanne, you live there. Like you're, you know, my 
rocks, right? And so Adam and I sat down and had a heart to heart and we were like, listen, like we really need to think about our future. We need to think about our kids. Um, and when I joined the Elix team, I had the most amazing bosses that anyone could ever ask for. Like, I mean, just, I don't think that I'll ever find a boss that I live up to so much than Miranda Dixon. I mean, she, she was hard to work for. She demanded excellence and she earned to demand that excellence. Right. Um, she, she was a genius. She was a marketing genius. Um, like, I mean, I learned all of my, you know, detail oriented, um, brand building skills from her, just watching her working for her. Um, and just, but she genuinely cared about the people that worked for her and she, she, she could tell that there could be a potential better opportunity for my family, not for me, but for my family. Sure. Um, and even though that could have potentially hurt the, the brand, a little, yeah. yeah, it could have hurt. Well, the Cause you were, and I, I'm going to like, I, I hope you don't mind me jumping in, but you, I, I'm just going to tell you my perspective at the time. It wasn't, um, how do I say it wasn't something that would have, I think, been obvious to everyone else. You were you were so successful in Las Vegas, and you were doing all these great things, and you were you were respected. You you would you would you were there. You had reached all these things. So it wasn't typical of somebody in that position to just say, you know what, I want to switch markets. I'm moving out of state. I'm doing all these things. Right. 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 Um, and I mean, I know as your friend, the like the private conversations we had, but yeah, the, to everyone else, I think it was, I I think it was a little bit of a shock. Yeah. I mean, well, because it's like, why would anybody leave when they've literally got everything at their fingertips, right? Yeah. They, they, they've got everything dialed for them. Why, why would you pick up from leave and leave from that? You're, you know, doing so well here. You're so well connected, but it really, at the end of the day, it wasn't about me anymore. It was sure. about, it was the about family, my hu- your son my and hu- your husband, my yeah. husband and my son. And, um, and my, my, uh, you know, my boss, she knew that. And, you know, for someone to be in such a high position at a company to think about her employees so much and her employees so deeply that she cared that much to be willing to give away some business potentially for for my happiness. You just don't get that. You don't. Yeah, you don't come across that often. That is like something super rare and super Mm -hmm. special. That is, she's a damn unicorn. She is the unicorn. She is, you know, she is the ultimate unicorn. Um, So, anyways, um, there was an opportunity in Texas, and uh, so she said, you know, hey, listen, why don't you go have a couple of visits, market visits in Texas, and 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 see if if you like it there. You know, because if you don't like it, you don't have to go, but the opportunity is there for you. And I was like, okay. So I went and I did like it. You know, I, I liked, um, I, I liked the wholesomeness of Texas. I could tell just getting off the plane that people were different here. Um, it wasn't moving as fast. Um, in what way? What do you mean? Elaborate. I mean, Vegas, Vegas moves really quickly, right? There's always something new happening something, um, closing, something opening, something, mm. you know, new people moving and, and, and leaving all the time. It's very transient city. Um, um, 
you know, the people that stay, they stay and they're great and they're wonderful. And I mean, it's, it's the people that end up staying in Vegas. Like we all kind of end up by one degree separation, know each other. It's just, Oh, small, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it, it changes very, a lot of things changes, change very quickly and it's open 24 hours a day. Right. So it's like, you know, which is, I mean, which is also convenient, right? Like you want to go get your nails done at 3.40 in the morning? Okay, sure. There's definitely a nail shop open. Oh, you need a haircut? Okay, yep. There's a place for that. Um, you're craving some pho at like five o'clock in the morning? Sure. Go ahead. Fucking long it, you know? So um, it's just, there's so many things to do and it's 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 so available all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of wanted not available anymore. I kind of wanted just something, I guess, normal. And and I don't even know sometimes what normal really is. Because when you live in Vegas, as long as you do, I think you kind of live in this bubble. And, and the things that are normal to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. they're not our normal, right? And mm-hmm. so I think I wanted the rest of the world normal for my children, right? So, um, and my husband and I, we just needed to slow down. Like we, we really did. We didn't have a lot of time to enjoy our relationship because we were all, we so busy, um, with our jobs, you know, entertaining people constantly. And, you know, and then when we were home, we are obviously parents. And so just being in a relationship was difficult. Sure. Um, Yeah, sure. So anyways, you know, um, so we moved here and, uh, we moved to Texas four years ago. And we've been here for four years and we live in a very small little town, 35 minutes north uh, east of Dallas called Wiley. And it's great. My my son is thriving. My daughter is, you know, she's still 16 months old, but I mean, you know, they, they, my son can run outside and play with his friends in the neighborhood. And they do that all the time. Like, I don't even have to worry about him. I don't have to worry about cars. I don't have to worry about muggers or or crime or anything. Like, he can just run outside and play with his little friends right in the middle of the street. And I don't have to worry about anything. You know, in school, he's, you know, thriving there. It's a it's a amazing school that he's going to, an amazing school district. And, you know, he's getting great education. And, you know, for me, from a, a business stand front, um, it was a new challenge because I didn't know anybody here. Um, but I came with all of the knowledge and expertise from Las Vegas. Um, and for people that live in Dallas, that's exciting, right? Absolutely. So they're, like, Absolutely. they're like, oh, you you know, you know, Las Vegas, you know how it yeah. works in Las Vegas, you know, because I mean, Las Vegas is ahead of its time. You know, um, Dallas is, you know, not to downplay Dallas in any way, shape, or form, because I love it, but it's a little behind um, as far as the trends are concerned with food and beverage. And not because of their own, you know, it's not because of them. It's just that's that's where they're at, right? It's it, There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's cool because, like, some of the things that the bars and restaurants are doing here, we did in Vegas, like, five years ago. So I've already been there, done that. Here's what I learned from it. Here's the mistakes I learned from it. And here's how to make it better, right? So it, it helps make make me a little bit more useful to the owners and uh, of these bars and restaurants because I'm able to give them some of the feedback and learn from my mistakes, right? When COVID hit, uh, I was still in that role. And 
I also happened to be pregnant with my daughter. Right. And um, so I, I spent COVID pregnant, which was, oh, that's a whole long story. Not even, not even worth like going into. Well, we did, I mean, but we did do a very fabulous uh, virtual baby shower for you. you. Did. <laughs> I have to say, I have to tell your viewer, your, your listeners, your audience. So Bill does not do anything small. Or <laughs> Neither <minimal>. do you. <laughs> like, well, no, but yeah. I mean, like he doesn't. So, you know, my daughter's name is Vera, Vera Vesley. Um, and so Bill bottled his own cocktail for Vera. And it was the, the Vesley, the Vera Vesley Vesper. Um, and he, I did a logo with a V3 on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The V3. I mean, and with a rose behind it. Cause her middle name. Yeah. Him, her middle name is Rose. He bedazzled the bottles himself. Like, I mean, and then he sent like little care packages to like my mom and my grandma and my cousins and like had all of them on there, you know, little pink boas. And like, I mean, it was, I was in shock. Like, I didn't even know this was happening. So, I mean, he just doesn't do anything small, which is amazing. <laughs> and another thing that I love about him. Um, so it was quite uh, awesome, you know. But anyway, so I have my. Daughter but we had our problem because we were gonna, we were all flying. We were meant to fly to you for the for the shower that right. obviously obviously couldn't happen because of COVID. So we right. we followed suit, and we just, myself and Leanne, of course, um, yes, had to had to figure out the best way to still celebrate what was happening, and obviously that was virtual. But anyway, and you nailed it. <laughs> And you you knocked it out of the park. You shocked me very much. And I didn't I didn't get a drink my Vesper, but I kept I it. still have one. I kept it too. I have I, one too. Yeah. I have two bottles in my little cabinet and I Are we going to let her drink that it. on her 21st birthday or something? Like are we saving it that maybe, long? What are we doing? I think may, maybe we should cuz it's not going to go bad. I mean, it won't. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's straight alcohol, so yeah, it'll just, be fine, you know. It'll be fine. <laughs> It's a Vesper. Filet, um, Fords, and Elix. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, so, um, per no Ricard. We had showgirls too. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to cut this out, but I'm just reminiscing with you now. Because <laughs> we had showgirls at your first baby shower and at your oh. second baby shower. <laughs> oh my gosh. My first baby shower. Let me tell, like, Girl, that's a whole nother. Between me, Ooh. Marina, and Leanne, we, you we, guys, woof. I mean, I had full fledged. Las Vegas showgirls at my son's baby shower. Like, I mean, he's going to see the pictures one day and just be like, wow, mom. Wow. Overachiever much? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're lucky little booger that you had, you know, aunts and uncles that love you that much that would throw mommy such a cool baby shower. Um, I remember doing that though, real quick, just because this is funny. I remember the night before the Colton's baby shower. And again, it's no secret that I am not, let's just say. I, I know exactly what you're going to say. Exactly. And I, I, I know it, where yeah. you're going with this, but <laughs> go ahead. It's no secret that I'm not, I mean, I, yes, I, I have, you know, I, I'm not putting myself down, but I'm not a do-it-yourself kind of handy kind of girl. Like, so like when you have to put things together with tools and things, I'm just kind of like, I can't, uh, I can't do it. Anyway, so, but. but <laughs> As a group present, one of the presents that we all, all of our, our best friends agreed to do, there was a couple things. But what the one specific thing was, there was this wagon that she had wanted. Um, 
and I bought it and then I was trying to put it together with no tools because I don't I don't own tools like I was trying to put it together the night before just at least like for presentation you know again me all about production it's all about we had to produce this party right yeah oh yeah and I was putting it together with a butter knife and I remember saying to you, I was like, do not put your baby in that, in that, in that wagon until, until Adam tightens those screws. I please don't. Oh my God. Do not uh, put your baby in that wagon until Adam tightens those screws. Oh my God. I remember that. It's hilarious. Oh man. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's the thought that counts. Yeah. I mean, now. it was a great wagon. I just didn't have the tools to put it together. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well, so, I was also um, simultaneously glittering that f- picture frame and like all the other shit. <laughs> yeah, you guys went all out. It was pretty <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, hands down. I mean, glorious baby shower, one for the books. Um, but I mean, equally, my second one was just as beautiful, and you know, it was just as special. So it, you know, it's all about the moment, right? So. Absolutely. So Pernod Ricard is a very generous company. Um, and I had my daughter in June of the COVID year, the, the year that we don't talk about. Um, but Pernod gives four months of maternity leave. And so um, I had four months of being home with my baby and it was still during this COVID time. So, um, you know, about two weeks before I was supposed to come back to work, my boss calls me and he's like, hey, there's an opportunity at our distributor partner that we want you to explore. And I was like, what? You want me to leave Pernod? Like, <laughs> what? Like, what What do you mean? Like, because I, mind you, um, listeners, I had been with Pernod for going on. A really eight, a long time. Eight, yeah. and a half, eight and a half years. And you were um, happy there. So it wasn't yeah, like you were I mean, looking for, looking to no, leave or anything. No. Know? Yeah. And so I was like, what? I was like, you want me to leave? I was like, why would I do that? Like, that's crazy. Like, oh my gosh, should I do something wrong? I know I just <laughs> had a baby, but what? Um, but the, <clears throat> the opportunity happened to be working for our distributor partner here, uh, Republic National Distributing Company, um, AKA RNDC. And the job was, uh, is, uh, director of on-premise sales. And basically the whole scope of the job is to help the sales team, um, with route to market structure, um, give them the tools to be successful, coach, mentor, um, come up with you know, programs that, um, are different and outside of the box and, and help them do their jobs more effectively in the market. And it's all for the on-premise channel, which is on-premises, your bars and your restaurants and your hotels. Right. And so I was like, man, I was like, so basically I just, I need to go in and I just need to teach everybody kind of what I've learned over all the years and, and look at it from that perspective. And I was like, this is a chance for me to, you know, help other people grow, which for me is always the thing that I want the most out of a job, right? If, if I'm not helping other people grow and I'm not helping people feel something or feel excited about something or passionate about something, then I, the job's not for me. It's just, I, it, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm about people growing and, and feeling connected to something and feeling inspired and feeling like they want to do better for themselves and, and, and grow to the, to, to the greatest potential that they can be. So, um, that's why I took the job. 
Uh, well, I had an interview for the job first, and then I, I did get offered the job, and, and I, I took the job. And it was different. It was a very different going from a supplier lifestyle to a distributor lifestyle. Um, I liked it. The easiest way I can summarize it is at Pernod Ricard, I was running really fast all the time, but I was always running in a very straight line. Mm. At the distributor, I run equally as fast, but I'm running in a zigzag. I'm going ping, pong, well, ping, pong, ping, pong. You're focused on, a, and I'm sure, an entire multiple portfolios as opposed to a focused so brand, no. right? Or no? Actually, no, actually, I still only focus on the Pernod Ricard portfolio. So I work for a specific division within R&DC called the Eagle Division, and the Eagle Division only sells two things. They sell Pernod Ricard and they sell American beverage. And American oh, okay. beverage is is a mixer. It's a non-alcoholic mixer. It's finest call, if you've ever heard, you know, you know yeah, finest yeah. call. Yeah. So um so that's all the team that that's all I have to focus on. Um so I'm still focused on all the same brands that I know very well and I love. Um but I do it for the whole state and I help support all of the markets individually. And it's um it's a lot, you know, but it's it's a lot of fun. Well, there was some there was one time that you mentioned to me about um the diff- like w- working for a distributor about how you have to be um almost sensitive to the fact that you're focusing on more than one brand. Uh do you remember that when we'd had that conversation when I was yeah. when I was potentially going into a sales role with uh, with Southern he, or here in Vegas mm-hmm. and yeah. we talked we talked about be sensitive to the fact that you're not focusing on one brand. You're giving love to everybody. So when, when I, when we talk about that, it's because obviously R and DC is a very big company and we have other suppliers within our house, right? So we not only have Bruno Ricard, we also have Brown Foreman, William Grant and son, um, you know, just to name a few Proximo Sazerac. Um, so we have some other big suppliers within our house and, you know, I am, my paycheck comes from RNDC and um, my responsibility solely lies within the Pernod Ricard portfolio. But, you know, I also work for the company that represents other suppliers. So it's almost like I went back to, in a, in a weird way, I went back to being like I was at, in the president of the USBG. Because when I was the president of the USBG, yeah, I may have got my paycheck from Pernod Ricard, but when I put on my president hat, I was representing every brand. I was representing sure. every supplier. Yeah, I, I, I had equal opportunity lender, right? So, um, so it's that's a good way like to I describe went, it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so it's it's almost like I went back to that and just in a very different way, I guess. Um, and you know, so you know, yeah, you have to be sensitive to you know my company as R and D C makes money off of you know, being good partners to all of our suppliers. Right. And, um, you know, but of course I'm going to still win for Pernod. Cause yeah. That's, yeah. Cause that's, that's our, my, that's our family. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what is, what is one thing that you can think of right now that, uh, what is one goal or something that you have not already accomplished that you would like to accomplish? Hmm. I love this. I love when I ask a question and people have to think. I love it because it gives me a chance to drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to take a drink now. Mm. Um, 
Because I've oh. I've actually never asked you this privately either. So I I really yeah I I'm I'm gonna be I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> One thing that I'd like to accomplish that I have not yet accomplished. Um. I feel like the one thing that I still need to accomplish is being able to to give the energy that I give to so many people that are wonderful human beings and I care about, you know, but to be able to do it for the people that are the closest to me. Um, you know, I would love one day to be able to, you know, be so successful that I could give, you know, any one of my friends an opportunity immediately and just say, yeah, you're, you, you're in a place where you need this. Okay, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Right. Or, you know, be available to be at my kid's school for anything that they need at any time, you know, kind of like, you know, Adam and I joke all the time that one day I'm going to leave this industry and I'm going to quit, but I'm never going to quit. Um, what I do because I, I don't, it's not in my DNA. He's like, you're going to leave one day and you're going to go off and you're going to be like the president of the PTA because <laughs> that's just what you do. You know, like you, you always want to do something that helps, you know, the community. Well, you lead. You're kids. a natural leader. Yeah. 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 Um, but I want to do it on my own terms. Sure. I think that that's what I want to accomplish. I want to be able to lead on my own terms. Love it. Yes, girl. Professionally speaking, what are you most proud of in your in your journey so far? I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. Yes, girl. Like, Ooh, I got one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I I don't think anybody has ever asked me that. Well, I I, I yeah. Take a minute and think about it because I I would really I would love to know. I mean, I have to. I I probably professionally the thing I'm most proud of is is got to be the opening of the Cosmopolitan. Great. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I mean, it, it was a chance of a lifetime. I, I mean, we were, I was young when I did that, you know, I was 27 years old, you know, and to look back on the naivety that I had back then, and I think that helped me get through it. Yeah. Because I... I was, so but I mean, I, I, I'm only agreeing because I, I know that the sentiment, like we, yeah, how many I, things have we all looked back on in retrospect and said, oh my gosh, if I knew then what I know now, would I have been so yeah, brave? You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and so I think that for me, just that whole experience of doing that and, and now looking back on what actually what got accomplished, it's, it's, it's kind of jolting sometimes sure. yeah. to think about it, you know? Um, so, I, I mean, I would have to say that that was the thing that I was the most proud of being a part of, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Is there any piece of advice or guidance that you would give to anybody that is looking to potentially follow somewhat in your footsteps in this industry? So what I, what I would say to anybody that is looking to be on this path in, of this industry and kind of grow yourself you know, starting out as wherever you want to start, whether it be a hostess or a bartender or a busser or and you want to go, you want to continue a, and grow yourself throughout this industry. Always ask questions and don't feel stupid for asking the questions, because, you know, that was one of my mistakes. 
I never wanted to ask questions because I always you're felt out of like, fear, out of fear. Right. Of, I yeah, always felt looking like, oh, uneducated or, right. or green or something. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I always, uh, at first when I was younger, you know, that was one of my biggest mistakes. I should have asked more questions and not been afraid to ask the questions for looking stupid because there's no stupid questions. If you don't know something, you need to ask the question. Otherwise, how are you going to learn? Um, another thing, don't answer a question if you don't know the answer. Just say, I don't know. Uh, yeah, know, don't I, bullshit. I, People can see through it, bullshit. Yes, yes, yeah. Don't answer a question if you don't know the answer. Just say, I don't know. I'll get back to you. I still do that to this day. I will be on conference calls and somebody will ask me a question that maybe I should probably know the answer to, right? Um, and I go, you know what? Let me check. I don't, I don't yeah. know, but I will get back to you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's how, you, that's how you learn and that's how you grow. Um, you know, don't give up on yourself. Um, you know, it, it takes work to be successful. It's not easy. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but don't give up on yourself confidence is, is, is a good thing to have, but don't be too confident. Um, you know, and be kind, just be the general rule of hospitality is just be kind. I think that's the golden rule of not just hospitality, anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, 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 you know, it's, there's so much that can be accomplished with just stopping for a second, thinking about maybe the, the shoes that the other person may be in and realizing it m- might not be the best shoes that they're in and maybe how they're acting towards you is coming from a different place and it's not necessarily directed towards you. So sure. the best thing you can do is just be kind, you know? Um, I don't know those things. Who was your questions? Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm going to just reiterate it. Like ask questions. Don't be afraid to do it. Don't answer questions that you don't know the answer to and just be kind. Who was your biggest professional inspiration? Miranda. Yes, I mean, girl. I mean, that's that's I easy. I, I can answer that in two seconds. Um, Ob- and you did, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Miranda was the day I met that woman in person. I knew that I wanted to work for her. I knew that I wanted to learn from her. I, she was intoxicating. She was terrifying, um, intoxicating, mesmerizing, um, so educated, so polished, so confident. Um, but in a way that wasn't, um, intimidating. Some people were intimidated by her, Um, but she, she's just brilliant. I I don't, you know, and I, I still, I'm, I I don't get to work with her anymore, but I get to speak to her every once in a while. And it, it, it just is even just speaking to her for five minutes. I feel motivated, energized and motivated. Yeah. I love that. All right. So now I want to do something really fun. So let's, let's do little best friend challenge here. Oh, okay. Um, so write the, uh, you have a piece of paper handy. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I'm going to do the same. I, let me just, we're going to, I'm going to ask a couple general questions and then we're going to, uh, you have to answer about me and I'll answer about you and we'll see if we're right. Okay. So let's start off easy. 
You did this in advance, didn't you? No, I'm doing it right now. Okay. I promise. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sneaky. All right. So, what is your best friend's favorite color? Oh, okay. I know that. Yeah. Do I write the? Do I answer? Yeah, write it, it or do I write no, it write, down? Write it down because we'll do it all at the end. Because I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write down here for you. Okay. All right. Okay. Hold on a second. Uh, what is your best friend's favorite artist? Okay. Well, you're going really fast. I love it. Like she, she know she thinks she knows me. No, I, I <laughs> no, mean, she does. I could be. I could you're be probably wrong. right. No, you're probably right. And I'm actually, I'm not. I'm just typing it into my phone because <laughs> I don't have a piece of paper. Here. All right. Uh, favorite quote. What is your best friend's favorite quote? <sighs> that one might be tougher for me. What is your best friend's favorite cocktail? And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to, to come up with a question. Hmm. What is your best friend's favorite Broadway show? Ooh, Okay. I know that one. You go again. Go again. This is fun. Go ahead. Um. Well, wait. I might get. T- I might. I might. I don't know if I'm going to answer that one right for you. That's okay. That's a, that's okay. Just we keep going. Give me another. Give me another question. Um. Let's see. What is your best friend's favorite holiday? Okay, favorite holiday. All right, got it. What is your best friend's favorite song? That one's a tough one. Really? I thought that one was easy. Favorite song? Think. I'm I'm sending it to you right now. You know our favorite song. Well, oh, you mean jointly? Well, now you're getting really specific, but yeah. (laughs) That's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. like that our favorite was, song jointly, like yeah, that's okay. what I. That's how I answered it. Was our favorite song together. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. it's not necessarily like the, but like our. I guess for our that, yeah. Favorite song. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. Um, you ask. Ask another one. Um, hold on. I'm thinking about answers to some of these. Oh. Um. <laughs> uh, Favorite cuisine? Okay. Sure. Oh, I don't know if I... Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, know, I know what you eat. I just am trying to remember what your favorite is. I know. That's tough, right? That is tough. Oh, shit. I'm going to get that... I don't know if I'm going to get that one right, but I, I have an idea of what I... Yeah. I don't know yours either, I don't think, because I know like, we've eaten so many places, but... Um, I think mean, Maybe we could call that one a wash, because I really wasn't sure what I was going to write on yours. All right, let's not do that one. Let's not let's do that not one. Do that. Um, all right. Um, well, I was going to say favorite liquor brand, but we already know what that is, so fuck it. Next one. Yeah. What are we saying? Go ahead. Uh, favorite hobby? Okay, sure. Yeah, favorite hobby. Love it. I think we have, mm-hmm. we might be sim- similar on that one. You think so? Well, from what I wrote. <laughs> I 
drinking? Did you write? No, I wrote. No, well, we'll get there. Well, we'll get there. (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. Give me one more question, and then I have a final question. But you give me one more. Um. All right. We did favorite color, favorite artist, favorite quote, favorite cocktail. All right. Let's just be silly. You write down your favorite thing about me, and I'll write your my favorite thing about you. And then the last thing is, what's your favorite memory of us? And I'll write my favorite memory of us. Okay. All right. We ready? I think so. So, Kristen yeah. Vesely. Yes. What is your best friend's favorite color? Glitter. Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me wait. Here we go. Ah! All right. So... I don't know if I got this right, but ask me the question now. <laughs> okay. So, Bill, what is your best friend's favorite color? I I put copper. <laughs> 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 but I know you like I know you like pastels and you you have you have you have impeccable taste. So you decorate with lots of different of those of colors in that genre, but I I picked copper because of everything we talked about. <laughs> It it definitely is up there for sure. What is uh, your favorite color then? I mean, I feel like I have a lot of favorite colors. Um, so, but what so, would it be if I? If what would be the one word answer if if you had to? Slate blue. Okay, great. So I'm glad that I I don't feel that guilty for not saying that because you even had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> I just I really like that color. I don't know. It's it's not typical. It's a pretty um, color. It's just I I don't know. It's what the the, the bridesmaids were for. The I remember. Wedding. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I'm into it. So, yeah. Um. Aren't even some of the walls in your house painted yes. slate blue? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I I have I have had the pleasure of going to the mansion in Wiley, Texas, which I love. <laughs> mansion. <laughs> yeah. It is, honey. Compared to where I live, honey, the pen. I mean, well, the penthouse is very nice. You've never been to the Hey Girl penthouse. You I need to come. Know. I know, I know, I do. But but when I did visit the 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 Vesely estate, um, <laughs> I was living in New York City at the time, so it, with like five roommates and like you know, um, so it felt like a mansion to me. You know? It really did feel like a mansion. I'm sure it did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So okay, Kristen Vesely, um, mm-hmm. what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote or your favorite quote? No, I I I'm. Well, I'm doing you first. So I wrote down what I think your favorite quote is. What? It, wait, how do we do this? Hold on, wait. <laughs> uh, you guys, so, so yeah, so go ahead. Wait, go ahead. Tell me what my favorite quote is. Go ahead, sorry. So that stumped me. I'll okay. have to be honest because you are a very in- insightful person. So I feel like there's so many directions that could go. Um. So I didn't have a good answer for that. That's okay. Um, did Did you have anything, or that that's kind of you left it kind of broad, right? I I was broad in my mind because I was like I was searching the bank and it, it was like it was all over the place. That's okay. I well I put for you and I forgive me. This is just off memory. I'm probably not going to get it verbatim right, but it's the the quote that is the question isn't who's going to let me, it's who's going to stop me, right? Well, yeah, because didn't you buy that for me? The I did. So I gave myself uh, an easy question there. But <laughs> uh, this one? Oh, my God, you have it right there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this one. So I'll read it to you. It's Go ahead. The, the question isn't who is going to let me. It's who is going to stop me. 
Yes, girl. And you are killing it with that. Like you have lived by that and I love it. Yes. I love so that you, you I love that you still have that in your office. Yeah, it's it usually sits like right up here where this bookshelf it. is. It's always there. Yeah. I love it. Along with like a big picture of me and you. It's like right there. So, <laughs> I yeah. love that picture too, actually. The one that you made it like that looks the really like a big painting. One? Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you wait, do you still have the glitter frame that I made you? Yeah, it's right there. I can see it right there. Mm-hmm. Side note, when I made that, again, I made it I made it with so much love, of course. But like yes. it was it didn't occur to me until I was already deep into the process of because I think I sent you that for a birthday one year or something. Yes, yes. Um and it didn't occur to me until I was already deep in the process. Something triggered my mind that made me remember that Adam hates glitter. He and does. and so <laughs> So there was that part in my head where I'm like, well, he's gonna fucking hate this shit. But I'm sure she's gonna find a place in their house. Cause that I'm sure that shit sheds all, daily. Even now, five years later, I'm sure it's shedding glitter. It's perfect where it's at. Nobody, it's Perfect. great. I but see you know day. what I mean? Because there, there is like a pound of glitter on that thing. Like I went there, all out on that thing. <laughs> there is a lot of glitter on there. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely a lot of glitter. Because I didn't have any money. I was living in New York and I was like, I need to make something with my hands. <laughs> so it's and, glitter. Glitter is affordable. And it's and pretty. perfect. <laughs> and it's perfect. My favorite quote is, I believe it's Maya Angelou, uh, where she says, uh, when people... Show you who they are. Believe them the first time. So, Kristen, uh, what is your best friend's favorite cocktail? Okay. So, I said it's a little broad. And this is because um, I I said Elix in anything. (laughs) I'm down with that. (laughs) I mean, it was not very specific because, like... (laughs) I mean, I, I did write down, I did write down Elix and soda, but then I was like, well, but he really likes Elix with anything. So maybe I should just put anything. So I love, I'm down. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Okay. I don't know. I think I would probably, to be fair, I think I would probably say something similar because I don't, in my head in this moment, I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So good. So you, yeah, you got it right. Okay. I got it right. I put, so I put, so wait, ask me the question now. Okay. (laughs) So, Bill, what is your best friend's favorite cocktail? I put Vesper. <laughs> um, although I do love a great Vesper um, made with Elix. Elix, yeah. Lillet. Lillet, yeah. And Plymouth, that is my favorite version. Oh, sorry. Of I did it with Fords for Vera's thing. That's okay. Only because I, I had four bottles of it at home when I was doing I it. I love Fords. I love Fords. it was Fords. when I worked with Brown Foreman. I had all this the the brown form and stuff <laughs> i love ford's gin too they're a great great brand um i like favorite cocktail for me is hard because there are so many cocktails out there um but lately i've been finding myself drinking a lot of espresso martinis so oh, okay girl well because you're so fucking busy excuse my language yeah look, look it's so, my own show and i'm like editing myself i mean yeah i, I get just, that you need it you need the caffeine so i think it just changes for me. So I think for you, that wouldn't have been a fair question to ask because like of yourself to ask against me because I, I change my mind all the time. Like it depends on the season, honestly. So. All right. So Kristen, what is your favorite? Or excuse me. No, hold on. Fuck. Wait, I keep getting backwards on how we're doing this. <laughs> the next thing is musical. Um, you so, forgot artists, by the way. Oh, shit. Okay. So go ahead. Chris. Kristen, what's your best friend's favorite artist? Oh, that's so easy. Come on. 
It's Cher. I know it's easy. I guess the of course, Cher. Cher. The only, the one the, and only The one Cher. and only Cher. Cher. Duh. That's like a no-brainer right there. So I put uh, mm-hmm. my best friend's favorite artist, and I don't know if I'm right on this, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I put Bowie. Well, yeah. I mean, I love Bowie. Bowie's amazing. Um, but again, like my cocktails, music is the root to kind of like the soul for me. So yeah. I, and inspiration and, and it's life really, and everything. It's really hard to nail a favorite for me. So for, I, I mean, I don't even think that anybody could get that question necessarily. But you're right. okay that I put Bowie. Oh God. Yeah. Okay, for, Are you kidding? I love Bowie. So I'll take the point on that one. But you anyway. <laughs> yes. You can. You Look can at how it. competitive. I, I'm like getting all competitive with this game. All of a you can have it. It's fine. I'll give it to you. I'll give all right. it to you. All right. Kristen, what is your favorite mute Broadway musical? Mine or yours? I know. We keep doing this backwards. <laughs> you keep doing this backwards. I do. I, I know. I Sorry. Well, I know what it is. Your favorite you? Broadway musical is Wicked. Yes, it is. Yeah, I know that. What do you think my favorite is? So I wrote down, and I don't know if I'm right, but okay. it was it, I put Kinky Boots. No, I love that one, but I yeah. I definitely no, and I and we saw it together, and I love mm-hmm. it. But I do have a I do have a bona fide favorite Broadway musical. You, you do what is it? Yeah, Chicago. Oh well, okay, that's okay. That's the next one we're gonna have to see together then. Duh, yeah. Okay. I've seen it right. so many times. I can't. I can't even. All right. So favorite holiday. So for you, I put Christmas. Yes. It is. What did you put for me? Pride. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I I know. I I, 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 I I had a feeling um <laughs> because that is when you're happiest and rightfully so. I mean, so um, I put down pride for your favorite holiday. So, and it's perfect because it is. It, it really is. I didn't think you would. Well, I, 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 I am impressed and I love it. <laughs> so, well, because it's not something I say often, like, even though it's probably very obvious, like, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. most people don't consider pride a holiday, but I do. You know what I mean? So I do because I know I the do. history behind it. So, all right, what is your favorite? Okay, this one became, this is where we started getting a little bit more inclusive with each other. What's our favorite song? Rather Be. Yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I put too. All right, what is, all right, so what did you put as my favorite hobby? So this was tough for me because I think you could consider this a hobby or you could consider this a lifestyle. So sure. I put Being dancing. gay? No. <laughs> No, no, I put dancing, dancing. I love it. I love it. I put dancing. No, that's great. Uh, So for you, I, I, and again, I don't know if I'm right either because we have, we, you know, this is a kind of a, oh, this is one of those questions that could have many answers. For you, I put entertaining. I just like hosting events. Yeah. Yeah. Educating people, being that, being that entertaining person. To inspire an experience. Yes, I will definitely. That is definitely a hobby of mine and yes. probably my favorite. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. But Point. I also think mine is the same, but in a broad way. Like, enter, so I wrote entertaining for me too. Entertaining is my favorite ho- hobby. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Which you basically got it right because dancing is entertaining and performing. Performing. Yeah. Performing. Yeah. yeah performance. 
I should have put performance. Yeah. That's but fine. yeah. All right. So we haven't been keeping score. We're a mess. But anyway, <laughs> so the point is all right. So what is what we, we, we tried to make this is hard. All right. So what how would you describe your best friend in one word? Determined. Yes, girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I still suck because I have four words written down and I'm still not sure which one I want to do. <laughs> you can't. You got to only pick one. All right. Then I'm going to say joy. I think your joy is so infectious and, and it's so inspiring. And I, lo- I love your joy. Oh. Yeah. So, but uh, the other words, just to be fair, the other words I put is I love your compassion. I love your, your empathy and I love your love. I love your love too. <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite memory of us together? Okay. So my favorite memory. I have a feeling it might be the same, but I'm just going to, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's not. Um, I don't know. So my favorite memory, and I have picture proof of all of it, is you taking me out on the dance floor at my inauguration when I became president. Um, You danced with me, and it was the best dance of my life. And I'm not a dancer. You're a dancer. You know, I am not coordinated in any way, shape, or form. Stop. No, you are. But but that <laughs> night, you made me feel like I was a Broadway, no, a ballroom dancer star. Aww. Like, I felt so beautiful, and you glided me, and just, it was magical for me. Aww. And that, that, it's like, you know... It's one of my favorite moments that we've shared. I mean, there's so many of them, but totally, like yeah. when I look back on everything, like that one always pops out in my head because there's the there's this one picture that someone captured of us and like I was in With a you, I was dipping you and you were dipping. Le- your leg up. Yeah, I love that and, picture. And the, both of us had this just smile on our face and it was just fun and real and I felt alive and I don't know. I just, it, it's... It, and that's how you always make me feel, like even when we're not dancing. So um, that's just how I know we're meant to be best friends forever. For oh, life. I love that. Yes, so that- I do. Re- I do remember that 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 moment, and I I feel v- the same. Um, and I actually did think of that. I did. That's not the one I wrote, but I did think of that. Um, okay, because that was very special. Um, and I remember a lot of times similar to that where we were just dancing where we would dance and i remember one time you said to me that you feel safe when you're dancing mm-hmm. with me which i loved which i yes. i didn't take that compliment lightly and i i really I, that meant a lot you know so i i do remember that so um but i love it but i think um again same thing favorite memory is hard I mean, I could talk about, you know, the many events we've done together. I could talk about the birthday parties we've done together. I could talk about just even yes. the one on the one on one just girlfriend nights together, figuratively braiding our braiding our hair, like watching movies, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Um so uh but I, 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 I put um when you took me to see Cher. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I mean, and actually, I, you took me to see Cher, didn't you? Yeah, maybe, but either way, we went together. Yeah. Is the point? But yes. The, but I remember. I think for me, what was so funny is that, um, you know, I think that you got to see you got to see the true level of this fangirl fandom girl. fangirling fan 
Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm surprised you still had any hearing left sitting next to me after. after <laughs> I was singing right along with you. What are you talking no, about? No, you were. You were. But I mean, girl, I was on another level. I have a, I, I think people probably thought I was like high and I wasn't. I was just so euphoric. Like, I literally was just on like two cocktails and happiness. Like, it wasn't. <laughs> right, right, right. But again, I mean, that's just one of the things that sprung to my mind. But I did think about all the times we've danced together. I thought about our uh, parties together between my birthdays and between your baby showers and between uh, your wedding and just everything. I mean, I think I know I said this before, but I'll say it. I'll say it for the audience so they can hear it, too, because <laughs> I really want them to know. I, I do. I, You know, I adore you and I love you and I'm grateful for you. And I know that we have... You know, the friendship that we have is not um, something everybody gets to enjoy. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap this very long interview up. But I love it. (laughs) I know. Is this the longest you've ever done? Almost. Uh, Well, probably. I don't know. I don't know verbatim. I think the only other time that it was this long was when I interviewed Sheila, who dances for Cher. So for obvious reasons, we had a whole we had a whole two hours just talking about Cher. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No, no. It it actually. Yeah. I'm looking at the clock right now. This is definitely the longest I've ever done. Um, Any final words? Um. Wait, I know. Wait, hold on real quick. Tell us about this cocktail that you're going to make for the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so when, so, so obviously I, I, I kind of know how to make drinks sometimes, (laughs) you know, it's been a a very long time since I've created anything on my own, um, for anything in particular. But, uh, when, when you asked me, not asked me, you were like, Hey, you know, you could make a cocktail. And I was like, Oh, I should make a cocktail. Right. You should, yeah. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to keep it approachable, um, with ingredients that, you know, you could find very easily and accessibly. Um, but I also wanted to embody my best friend, of course, uh, and his show. So there's a couple of little fun surprises in it as there always would be if you were being, um, in a room with Bill, but, um, <laughs> But, you know, it, it is, it is approachable. It's, it's pretty easy to make and, um, I'll, you know, post. There's going to be a video coming. There'll be, there will be a video coming, uh, about it, but it's also a little seasonal. It's, um, I mean, you could, you could really drink it at any time of the year, but, uh, it's a, it's a fun, approachable cocktail that you can make anytime in, in your home, um, with, you know, very accessible ingredients. Um, but rightfully so it is called girls just want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. And does it have glitter in it? Maybe. Oh, girl. <laughs> Possibly. Wait, one thing I do love about it. And I, I, I do, I do know this about it, but which I love. I, um, I love that it's a double shot because it's for season two. Ah, right. Yes. Yes. But okay. Going along with that strategy, strategy, God help us if we get to season five. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, so if we ever make it to season five, it's really not going to be any mixers. It's just going to be fucking drinking it out of the bottle. <laughs> 
Well, this cocktail gets the job done faster. Yeah. So, you know, that's not necessarily always a bad thing. Right. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see the video. And I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your time. We've already had our love fest. I love it. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the Hey Girl podcast. We love you. <laughs> I love you more to the moon and back. <laughs> yes. I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, so many great memories. All right, girl. Have a great weekend. I love everybody. I, I love everybody. So it sounds so awful. Uh, or just broad. Um, thank you guys for a really fabulous season um it's it's honestly been a pleasure and um the fact that i have been blessed with the opportunity to connect with with not just my friends but other industry professionals that inspire me um throughout the course of this last year has been one of the greatest joys so thank you for listening I, I really do love you. I know it's cliche to say, but I really honestly do. And um, obviously I love you, Kristen. And I, I just, I love the listeners and, and I really do have the, I really do have the best listeners. They're so supportive and everybody's so lovely. And, um, and I just, I'm grateful to wrap up another season. So have a fabulous holiday season, everybody. We will be back for season three um, at the end of February in 2022. Um, stay up to date with everything on our website at heygirlpodcast.com. Girl is spelled with a U. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. And love you, girl.